All right, praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, so let's, we're, we're continuing from where we stopped the last time. Um, in, our, in, in, the, in the last session, now we said that uh, the Bible is a piece of literature, right? We, we said the Bible is a piece of literature. And we said it was written to be read. It was written to be interpreted. It was written to be understood. And with consideration of regular use of words. So the aim is, to, is for us to understand what was written. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the aim of all the writers is for you to understand what was written. And I was saying something and I said that. God's communication is found right within man's language. But the, we must put a caution on We must put a caution to ensure that even though it is communicated in man's language, it must not be misinterpreted. So it, it means that an appropriate and effective Bible interpretation is non-negotiable. It's, it's, for us to interpret the Bible very well, it is non-negotiable because a reader of the Bible should be at home both in a literal text and in a non-literal interpretation of text. I'll say it again. You must be well-versed in how to interpret a text literally and how to interpret a text non-literally. You must be well-versed at it. Now, it's just like what Chavaka asked and said, is it, some people say, it is just his own point of view. Once once someone is not talking, and now, that's why I say, it's, now, how do you, are you going to know? One of the reasons why I study Bible interpretation is how do we know when somebody is right and when somebody is wrong. Are you getting what I'm saying? It will help you to break it down like, ah, this is like that. What, how do you know it? What, how do you not know it? Now, in a literal interpretation of Bible text, let's look at literal interpretation of Bible text because I said you must be at home both in literal interpretation and non-literal interpretation of text. Let's look at a literal interpretation of Bible text. So if I were you, I'll just make that a subheading. A literal interpretation of Bible text. So one thing that is foremost for you is that one law of Bible interpretation is that or, so we can call Bible hermeneutics Bible interpretation, right? I'm not sure you agree because we said Bible hermeneutics is a branch of knowledge that deals with interpretation, especially the Bible or literary text. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's what we call Bible hermeneutics. So so when we say literal interpretation now we can call we can say this is literal hermeneutics or you get the interpretation so so bible hermeneutics is that the bible and one thing you must always understand is you can interpret the bible literally also that is in just a plain meaning when we say literal when i say i'm talking literally and you get what i'm saying it means the the explanation is very plain i'm not we'll, we'll see an example that is the words the literal interpretation that the Bible text is being uh, interpreted accordingly, it's a plain meaning conveyed in a grammatical construction. Let's look at some examples. Let's look at Psalm 150. Psalm 150, there's one. Let's look at a, a, literal, a literal interpretation. We'll just take a few examples, actually. Let's see Psalm 150, there's one. 
1. It says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. It now says, Praise him for his mighty act. Praise him for his excellent greatness. Praise him with sounds of the trumpet. Praise him with the pastries. No, pastries. Is that pastries? Sautries. Praise him with the trimbres and dance. Praise him with the string instrument and organs. Praise him upon the loud simba. Praise him upon the high sounding simba. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Now, in communicating how praise ought to be offered to God now, the, the psalmist here was telling us, now, don't forget, we are, we are still studying literal interpretation. No? Are you getting what I'm saying? How to, so, some people, how some people interpret the Bible literally. Now, if we want to pick this text now, literal. Now, the psalmist was telling us here and saying that he was making reference to musical instruments like trumpet, um, trump, um, pastries, uh, or sal, saltry, sultry. Wow. Oh, the peace silence. Oh. Bible That's an eminotics. P, you don't mention the P. You, the P. It's just like sound. Okay, it's not like sound. It's some sultry. Sultry. And then, glory to God. Alright, sultries, apps, timbres, string instruments, organs, cymbals. Which were categorized, uh, this, this were instruments that were used by men in those days for our, um, let me say, for adulations, like when they want to praise somebody, when they want to, you know, ah, I don't know, some of you that know the Yoruba culture very well. Now, I'm, I'm trying not to use the Yoruba culture because um, I'm trying to be quite general. I don't know if they do it in America where they praise you, praise you, praise you, and you drop your money. You're, you're they use it. They don't do it in the American culture. It's I don't know if they do it. It's not a culture in America. But in Yoruba culture. So Yoruba is a culture from Nigeria, West Africa, just a just as we or a tribe. Now, in the Yoruba culture, there's something they do, especially in parties. They will praise you. Sing your praise. I can tell you what they did for my father many years ago. Mr. Benson. Eh? Eh, well, Mr. Benson. People can remember. Mr. Benson. Eh, eh. Bibola Benson. Bibola Benson. Bibola Benson. And <laughs> my father said, Where you come and move me? <laughs> he said, He said, just be turning. Like, you will not know. In fact, I saw one on TikTok, I think about two weeks ago, how they praise one game. And the. I think they called, they started calling the, the, the name of the game, Pelu Me, Pelu Me, Pelu Me. I mean, you saw that video. It was trending on TikTok. The name Pelu Me. Till the game dropped all our money. And spread it. So, those, those, so now, I'm reading you. Now, what I'm doing for you, I'm, I'm going to get there. I'm telling you historically now how they used to praise people in there. So, they use all of these instruments in those days for adulations. Now, on the other hand, now, so now, if you want to now praise God now, if you are to take this test literally, it will mean that without apps, without 
um, sultries, without <laughs> timbres, without organs and cymbals, without trumpets, you can't praise God. I remember seeing what I'm saying now. How to take, if you want to take this test literally, because it says praise the Lord, praise Him in His sanctuary, praise Him in the firmament of His spirit, praise Him with His mighty name, praise Him with the sound. We are seeing it now. So if you want, so that means in communicating our praise ought to be offered to God, the Psalms was making reference to a literal, actual musical instrument. So it will mean that if you are to take the Bible literally now, you are going to pick the Bible and take the praises. So that means, let's say like our church now that we are still, we are still trying to get the drums and all of those things, we can't even praise God. We should not even bother. We don't even have organs. We don't have trumpet, we don't have trombone, or we don't have saltries, we don't have apps. There's no need. We just, once we just finish praying, the next thing we just do is, let's sit down, Bible not a series too. <laughs> we start. We don't even need our hands. Are you getting what I'm saying? That is what a literal text can do. So on the other hand now, non-literal use of language will employ the use of a pictorial figurative expression. Or explanations that are embedded in in the scriptures as a means of non-communication. Let's let's see let's see non-literal use of language. Let's see non-literal Genesis three verse four. When is non-literal? Let's see Genesis three verse four. Genesis three verse four. Let's see non-literal. It says, "Are we there?" Genesis three four. It says, "And he said, and the serpent said unto the woman." Ye shall not surely die. He says, the serpent said to the woman. Now, if you were to take the scripture literally now, you will say, snake, stop. That's why some people have brought the fallacies of snake used to talk before God now. I don't know if I've heard those fallacies before. God now caused them. They now put their belly down. Now, that's why they, the only thing they only do is to ease. And that's because they are trying to still talk. So, the only thing they can only do is just to be easing. So that their easy was a sign. <laughs> Sometimes you hear the ways of wood think and you know what you are. Ah, what is, why are you, why old fools know about to believe all that the woman has spoken? Are you guys know what I'm saying? You know what you had to support? I thought you know that, wow. Are you, and who has bewitched you, old foolish Galatians? <laughs> are you guys know what I'm saying? So, but in the law literal text now, the Sabbath is a choice of word adopted by Moses, the writer. It's a choice of word that was adopted by Moses, the writer. And thus, the serpent was a figure of speech used as an imagery. So, those of you that don't even understand literature now, I believe <laughs> Bible study is going to be a problem for you. I'm just joking. But as a literature student, which I'm proud of, I thank God I did not go to science class. Maybe God is infinite. Maybe God is infinite. Messes knew what he was doing that I was going to be a preacher who would be explaining things like this, and he knew I needed to understand this. Took me that route. All of this we studied in literature, and I really liked it. Simile, metaphor, images, hyperbole, the figures of speech, a lot of zimorons, all of those things, exaggerations, uh, hold. Poetry, all of those things, idioms, idiomatic expressions, all of those things. Because you need, and that is what forms English language. Just like how you can be talking to somebody now, 
and you are sarcastic in your talking. You are saying, it's just like in Europe, it's just like, let me use Yoruba, let me use Yoruba culture now for instance. You tell your mother, your mother says, bring the thing, bring the bag. And your, your mother does it, you ask your mother, where should I drop you? Your mother says, put it on my head. Does that mean that you are going to go and put it on her head? Are you seeing, are you seeing our English languages now? Does that mean that you have try it? Oh God, if it's my own mother. You know, I, there's this guy who does this TikTok video. I, I think you guys should check him out. Gilmore is his name. He, 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 does, he does this. He's also on Instagram. He does this. Uh, I don't know why he mentioned his name. I've given him free advice. So now this guy does a lot of old school things. He did one one time where he showed us how our mothers would send us to the room to go and bring their phone or go and bring something. And you would go there and search it. And you will not find it. You will go back like 10 times. Oh man, I cannot find this thing. And then we just enter and just pick it, pick it up from where you start. How did that thing? I don't even know what I'm talking about. How did that thing suddenly come to the house? But you say you search this place over and over and over and over again. The last day, you always like all these things like I wanna my mother will tell you, um, eh, uh, I'm trying to remember some of those words that they use. And eh? You, they don't know how to look for something or something like that. They just they just give you those words and those things are already part of English language. Just like when you are chatting with somebody now and you are just trying to make make a joke of it. It's just like me. A lot of people have problem with me with that thing. This a, a lot of my friends have problem with me on that thing. They say they say I don't know how to read sarcastic things and it's, I think it's true. Because my own leg is very logical. My own is just thinking straight, like... <laughs> I'm a very logical person, thinking. So, a lot of friends have told me that, ah, is it like you don't, you don't know sarcasm? I'm like, I know sarcasm as a literature. Not, not that when you are talking to me, you are not using sarcasm to me. It's, just, um, it's not funny. And it means it is really funny. How do you expect me to know that what you say is not funny <laughs> means it is funny. So funny. I don't I don't understand. Oh, it's, just like, it's just like even even the use of emojis. I still don't understand what that black thing means. That black eyes. <laughs> and a lot of people know where to put it. So I asked my friends. So one day I asked one of my friends, what does this face mean? And the person cannot respond. I said, You've been using this black thing. <laughs> if I say something, don't put I. What? <laughs> what does it mean? I still don't know it. I, and I don't use what I don't understand. I talk, I type out my words. If I'm angry with you, I, I am angry with you. I don't roll eyes on your and I am not happy. This did not make sense. I tell you point blank. I don't yeah. use eyes. Period. I don't, I don't do all those use uh, eyes. I don't trust my business. Are you getting what I'm saying? But some people, in fact, the, the things that trend these days now is stickers. What's up, stickers? I don't I feel like that's the most awkward way of communication. It, to me, I don't if somebody's not using sticker for me, I don't respond again. I just feel like ah me and you cannot we can't go a long way. What you are who is this sticker? The only sticker I have, I will send it to you people one day. 
I'll probably I'll send it to you with the group today. I'll show you this. The, the worst thing I like the most. One dog that is not rolling with any of these. That's the one that I like. So anytime I don't want to use the cam or somewhere, I don't use rolling my head. <laughs> but now, so now in our 2023 language now, sticker has now become a part of conversation. Are you seeing the problem we are still going to keep facing now? Yeah. So now, why nobody now wants to read the Bible now? You you will still start seeing why nobody wants to read the Bible in 2023 now and he's not seeing sticker. He's not interested to the person. All he's just seeing is very, very thou begattest this. You're not thinking ah, what's this? But that is now becoming our mode of communication in 2023. But years ago, it was not like that. Years ago, all we had was to go status. What? So, X U P. So, that's what we used to use. Hi. You see, everybody was short form. Everything was short form. Your life. You say Y L A. In fact, I went to check a chat. I chatted with somebody in 2012 and I was embarrassed. On Facebook, I just went to, I just, I just scrolled up like, I don't know this person. We've not crossed over to, and I'm somebody like that. I don't really just ask for people's number. If we chat on Instagram, we stay on that Instagram. If we chat on WhatsApp, we stay there. I don't, I'm not somebody to ask you, give me your number, except I want to call you, and we have to talk. And I'm not, a, I don't like talking. I don't like phone calls. I prefer texting. So. I stayed there. So I now noticed that me and this person, we have successful chats on Facebook. So I now say, let me even scroll up to see where this conversation started from. Ha! And I went to 2012 and I was embarrassed. I said, I, I, I am, I use W H is I Z your you are life. Y L Y L L Y F. How you day? And another one I say how you day. Instead of writing D E Y, I say how you D A E. You know those things that was training in 2020, I was so embarrassed. I had to tell myself, hey God, please don't let this person go up and look at it and say, but you call yourself a pastor. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Now that has formed. Now life has now progressed. Now what is changing now is stickers, emoticons, different. Emojis, you can even create your own. You can even create your own. In fact, somebody created my own face for a sticker. If I was sending it to you people, I just uh, I smile like this in his ear. So if the person is chatting me and wants to say, Is this how you are feeling? I said, uh, uh, What's this one? So language has now become our mode of communication in 2020. So that means to understand language, we have to pay attention to the use of words. Are you getting what I'm saying? So words will play a major role in the scriptures. So because it was written in English. Now, our King James Version or the version that we understand was written in English. It will mean there will be sarcastic comments. There will be figures of speech. There will be... Are you getting what I'm saying? The whole thing that English is encompassing of, it will be in the scripture. You know, in, I was reading somewhere in Genesis 49 where they say, and Joseph mess a mess. No. 
Dann komm ja auch die Lupe, das die für Ruhe. Wer sagt, Joseph's Mess was more than the other's Mess, Sabi? I'm coming. I need to find. I must find that scripture. I, I, I must find it. I, I, I have to. I need to show you. Okay, I found it. Genesis 43. Genesis 43 verse 34. Genesis 43 verse 34. <laughs> this is going to make you. This is going to crack you up. Genesis 43 verse 40. Genesis 43 verse 34. Genesis 43 verse. I'm sure some of these places, the old Bible has very stick together because they have never copied that place before. Genesis was yesterday. I was reading my Bible a couple of weeks, couple of weeks ago, and I and I saw this place and I was like, ah, is this? And he took and sent messes from them and before them. But Benjamin's mess was five times so much as many of theirs, and they drank and married with them. Now in your today's world, you read messes as ifated. That he said, are you, are you seeing that? English is needs to be explained. Not, and you know, that will not be what it means. Are you seeing it? it how will they send fat? It says, Benjamin's men were five times. <laughs> that is, now, you know, if you, are, if you are very mischievous, you pick this test now and say, hmm, mess, the, the mystery of farting, you have to mess. It is natural. In fact, Benjamin's mess was five times so much of that, and they married. If you want to marry like brethren, you want your life, you want to drink and marry in 2023, you need to mess the mess. You need to mess five times more. So if you were messing before, free free to mess. I remember one teacher we had when we were in secondary school, when we were in high school, Mrs. Ophini is her name. She told us that we must never cover our nose when somebody mess in class. He said, if you try it, he said, you're in trouble. So if anybody, and that was, I don't know what we used to eat in that period. <laughs> Anytime she's teaching, that's when people would just be messy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> people would just be messy in the class. You know what I'm saying? She now said, she said, it is, she said, she told us that it is very, um, it's actually good for the health. She said it's a sign of good living, but in healing it is actually good for the health. We now embark. Yeah, we now embarked on the project then in high school. They said we should go and look for Mess. No, no. <laughs> no. They said we should go and look for the um the sheets of uh, of animals, the dung. Yes, um I'm put it together, dung it, I want to create a year from it. And that year uh they said the year you can use it to cook. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, they say we fertilize it and do it. They say you can treat plants, they say you can use it to cook and you can use it to do everything. One Saturday like that, all of us now went to wedding. Everybody the way everybody were walking, if you touch me, please don't walk it, don't if you let this thing touch me. One brother just one guy just made say, I will throw it for somebody. Ah! <laughs> things. So now, if you are very mischievous, back to what I'm saying. If you are very mischievous now, you will read that text now and say, mess is a sign of good living. Even the Bible says we should mess. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. 
But is that what it will say? That is you taking the scripture word literally. Are you seeing this now? Yes, so, but that is that what is saying? No. So, back to what we are saying. So, we were talking about imageries and how Moses employed the use of imageries in, in Genesis 3. I used the word serpent and all of those things. Let's look at another instance in Deuteronomy 26, verse 68. Deuteronomy 26, verse 68. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 26, verse 68. Uh, no, it's, there's no 68 in Deuteronomy 26. There's no 68. Uh, let me see if it is... Uh, okay, it's 28, not 26, sorry. 28, Deuteronomy 28, verse 26. 28, verse 26. Verse 68, sorry. I was doing it. Deuteronomy 28, verse 68. Ah. Mm. Alright, you there? Yes. The Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships, by the way whereof I speak unto thee. Thou shalt see it no more again. And ye shall be sold unto your enemies, for a bondman and bondwoman, and no man shall buy you. <laughs> now, Moses was exploring a figure of speech communicating to the children of Israel. He says, Ye shall be sold into your enemies, for bondmen and bondwomen, and no man shall buy you. This means that they were literally sold to their enemies. Now, look at something. Moses' communication implied that the children of Israel would have no value before their enemies. That's what he meant. So, it, mean, it just simply means that they would just have no value before their enemies. But, he now says, they will be sold unto their enemies and bomb and no man shall buy them. The simple meaning of that is that they don't have values to their enemies. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. So now, having seen that, we can see that in Bible hermeneutics, Text can be understood based on. So we can see that text, we have to take. So we, we, we have to be careful when we are taking the text literally. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you see how those um, Goliath picked text, um, David picked five stones. It means grace. You know, that cannot be what it meant. That's over stretching the scriptures. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's like stretching it to, to too much things. There was no... Someone would not lick it and go and say, the stone that the Bible built is now... <laughs> That's overstretching. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's overstretching. So, we must know how to see it so that shows that when you when you read English, there are figures of speech employed, right? There will be literally that you'll be able to see. So that just like how you read that Genesis 43, you will say, ah, this cannot be physical, this cannot be talking about somebody farting, right? Somebody messing, right? You will know that this you can't take this kind of text literally. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. That is how to look at the scriptures. So when somebody is teaching you now and you are looking, and that's why I tell people, bring your Bible to services. Look at it yourself. Ensure that nobody is deceiving you. Look at it yourself. Read it. Follow the thought process. Let it make sense to your mind. Because 
you are you are smart, you are brilliant. A lot of, I talk, I, I, I say this a lot. A lot of people, you see them PhD student, um, people with their degrees and everything. But it's like as they are entering church, they will just dump their brains and say, hold, hold on for me outside. I'm coming. I'm coming to get you. They will not come with an empty brain to church, and they will tell them that see, there is still there is one demon from their mother's house that is actually working in their heart. That they have to kill and everything. They will not tell them to bring broom. That's how they, there's a day they told us to bring broom and pack us to church. You know, I'll share this with one pastor. The pastor said, maybe you could do is to sweep church very well. So the pastor will tell you to sweep the church. <laughs> they told us to bring broom and pack her. And they say we should come and be, we, we should come and uh and belt plus broom. So after we beat our enemies, we'll flop, we'll pack it, uh, we'll sweep it and pack it and throw it inside the dustbin. Lo and behold, brethren, what were we doing? Everybody picked a share. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you, my mother's. I, as I'm telling you, I'm looking at my mother's. <laughs> I'm telling my mother this is my son. What who keep telling me? What are you always mentioning me, my son? <laughs> it was I I remember the kind of share my mother picked that day. My mother picked a good share. I think it was my bet I gave her. No, she used the back of the broom. You know. The road. So I think everybody has to shift from my mother. People, can you remember what she used? That's it. I think it's the back. Then everybody has to shift her because <laughs> putting the thing like this, if it lands on you, everybody started flogging shit. Everybody started flogging the floor. Everybody started doing it. After we were done, it was just inside. We just gym inside church. After we were done, last thing we should sweep it. And pack it and go and dispose it. So all of us started sweeping church and packing it. So everybody was sweeping their corner and say, they say, don't let the enemy grow, no, don't let it grow, no. Everyone was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Christians born again, and there are people that went to school who are nurses in that place. And you've been watching, where did you drop your brain? Chapter what means what? Even Moses, as wicked, so he did not even give the children of Israel that punishment. <laughs> he didn't even give them that kind of punishment. You see, men. I saw one man, one papa. We call him Papa in that church. He just when they say bigger, he just really went. <laughs> you know, you know how those flaming ready for battle. <laughs> I won't forget that day. It was a night beach. The day to deal with your enemies. They said we should start flogging. And you know the beauty about it. The pastor did not flog anybody. You know the pastor should have led by example. So he was just watching it. He was like our Moses. He should have led by example and flogged so maybe the pulpit so that the enemy. <laughs> if they have flogged the pulpit, maybe the pulpit break. You can say the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> He did not flog anybody. I'm not joking. That's the thing that paid me the most. That's even the word that even paid me. Because me and the pastor knows what's happening. He know, he's the same pastor that I told you that thought all the of the enemy and all of those things. Me and him know, so he was looking at me. Me too, I was looking at him. He didn't flog the enemy. Me, I thought, me, I just stood like this. My mother was wondering me, better flow. Better flow. And, and, me and the man, our eyes was beating each other. He was taking his eyes off because he knew that there's no way you are a preacher and you know that what you are doing is wrong. 
There's no how. You will know that what you are doing is wrong. But it's just that you are probably seeing people did it. You just felt like if other people can do it, and maybe people you respected before did it, then I can also do it. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. He did not do it though. When people were bringing out the at least he could have just removed his own belt. And he he, he wore it. This, this interestingly the way I dress is the way he used to dress. The way I dressed this morning. That's when he, that's how he used to dress. He just wear black um, trousers and something. Dress this way. And his stomach is a bit <laughs> He's a man of God. I I honor and I respect him, but he, me I didn't know that doctrine. We don't we don't sit down together right. on that. In fact, when after some years now progress, when he started learning things, I say he why he you know the way he used to teach that thing and break it down. Come on, be doing it for them. I say he now invited me back to the church after I left the church. He invited me back. The way I've been teaching there, I was like, hmm, what is this man trying to set me up again? <laughs> no. So, so you you not be thinking where did they get this from? Where? No text, nothing. I probably sure they probably read one place. Where is it? They flogged something and they picked it and ran away with it. And you see, look, it is not in Nigeria. It's in this America. As light as we think we should be exposed, as educated as we we, should, we think we are in this America. I'm, I'm not saying something that happened in Africa or so. So somebody will listen to me and I say, oh, maybe because it's Africa, it's happening in Africa. No, in this America. People was in that service, thank God. She flogged her own enemy too. <laughs> <laughs> she was, the way people flogged the enemy that day, you even pity people that pity this enemy now. <laughs> <laughs> but thank God. Hallelujah. <laughs> So let's look at let's see another one historical interpretation of text. How do you explain the Bible historically? Now observe that in Bible entomology, entomology, what can be examined and explained historically, which means that interpretation of words within the Old Testament and the New Testament book can explain, can entail examine their background. For instance. We are about to enter in an interesting study, so I want you to pay close attention. You're going to you're going to see how the Bible and the usage of words was written. For instance, in Moses's books, they were predominantly Moses's books were predominantly narratives of events that were received via oral tradition. I'm going to get to it in this Bible Menotic series too. I'm going to explain to you how Moses wrote. All those Genesis and all of those things, or oral traditions, all of those things. We're going to explain it. So, but I'm just giving you an average of those of that now. Where is it? So, Moses's books were written via oral traditions and events that he was primarily involved with. But Moses' etymology had historical connotations. His etymology of words adds historical connotations. Let's look at the word promise. The word promise in the Bible. Let's, let's just examine that concept of promise. So that we can see that there was an historical concept behind the word promise. So because the concept of the word promise is, is referred to, and you will see that word promise, P-R-O-M-I-S-E, promise is, it was a word that Moses used a lot in the scriptures. 
And don't forget, let me explain, let me give you, let me first give you a brief, a, a, a brief history. The first writer of the scriptures, or to compile the scriptures, I will show you how Joseph also wrote. One of the first people to write was Joseph in the scripture because he wrote certain things down for them in Egypt. Because they were in Egypt, remember? So that they can see the precedence of what has happened and so that history will not be lost of where they came from. Are you getting what I'm saying? Moses also wrote. We'll, we'll explain all of those things later. But his language has become our today's world language. Just like how we use the word heaven and earth, it was a Moses' language. That was Moses' mode of communication to his people. Are you getting what I'm saying? But today now, it's not a general word, heaven, earth. But Moses was the first person to use that to explain to people. Just like how we have day and night. Morning, morning and evening. That is Moses' language. Are you getting what I'm saying? Um, light and darkness, Moses' language. He was used to communicate is is um to his audience what he was saying are you getting what i'm saying and don't forget they were not speaking english oh. they were speaking in their own language so don't forget how we moses have written moses would have spoken in the word they understood in that hebrew word they understood so that his audience will understand it just like i'm talking in the way that you will understand today are you getting what i'm saying if i'm to teach this to a younger to to probably People that are five years old, six years old, seven years old. You know that the way I will break down things will be much different. Because their understanding would be quite a bit, you know, minimal. Because they are not yet exposed to so many um, informations as we are. We, all of us here already are. You get what I'm saying? Now, so that will mean that those words are the words that we have picked from Moses. And other writers now expanded on those words. So, but he was the first person to document it. So, other writers are now building from his words. Are you getting what I'm saying? Meaning that, if you want to now read what day and night means, who was the first person to first use it in the Bible? Moses, right? So, you have to first see... So, if you do not understand how Moses used that word, you won't understand how the writer will also use the word. How many of you have seen what I'm saying? How many of you are getting what I'm saying? So, if a writer used morning, Evening now, another writer used morning evening. Who was the first person to use it? Moses. So if you did not understand how Moses used the word, you will not know how the writer will use it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Just like algebra now. If you have not learned addition and subtraction in probably elementary school or preschool, you will not understand when they are teaching you two plus two is equal to four. It will be like Hebrew to you, it will be like tongues to you. Are you getting what I'm saying? But because you already understand what addition means, what subtraction already means, so it is easier to flow in that direction. I'm going to figure what I'm saying. I'm gonna, let me see if you understand what I'm saying. Good. So, let's look at that word promise. The concept of promise is a Moses' narrative and was used predominantly in the first five books. That is, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. So, the promise of God to the Father's and is fundamental in the book of Genesis. What was the promise of God to Abraham? So if you now find promise now in the New Testament, you have to have understood what promise means in Genesis. How many of you get to what I'm saying? Now let's see something. Let's this is about to this is about to bless you. You're gonna enjoy this. 
Now, let's see this. Let's look at that word. For instance, let's, let's observe God's word to Abraham across Genesis. Let's look at how God spoke to Abraham in Genesis. Look at Genesis 12 verse 3. Genesis 12 verse 3. We're studying Bible in the so we are, we are going to go throughout the entire Bible. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's why I've been taking you around. Just so that you will see points of, of things. So that when we are now, do you know what why Bible in the teachings like this are necessary? So that when we are now studying other teachings later in later in the year or later as the years go by, you'll be able to take your application of how to study the Bible. So when I'm talking in other series now, it's it because you already understand how to study the Bible. Are you getting what I'm saying? You'll be able to put it side by side. Are you, have you seen what I'm saying? See that Bible is a church is a school. Is a school. That's why you should tell people, all your disciples, all the people, all your friends, not to be missing Bible seminar. Look at Genesis 12 verse 3. It says, I will bless them that bless thee. I will curse him that curse thee. Uh, so what are we doing? We are trying to observe what God, all the things that God said to Abraham. Are you getting what I'm saying? He now says, and indeed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That's one of the things God said. Look at Genesis 22 verse 18. Genesis 22 verse 18. Genesis 22 verse 18. So, don't forget, we are looking at the foundational book, the very first book, where words were spoken. Are you getting what I'm saying? And the words that, the, the words that God said to Abraham. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, look at in Genesis 22 verse 18. It says, In thy seed, and in thy seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. <clears throat> Because thou hast obeyed my voice. Now, I expected that you would have listened to Let There Be Light. Now, you would have understood what obey my voice means. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, look at Genesis 26, verse 4. Genesis 26, verse 4. It says, And I will make thy seed, and I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven. And I will give unto thy seed all the countries, and in thy seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Now, so that said, so the book of Genesis presents historical account for us. You have to first on that. See, let me tell you. Genesis is the foundation. It is it's the real beginning. If you don't understand Genesis, you will probably struggle throughout the Bible. Genesis is the beginning. Such that the book of Genesis presents historical account of Jacob in the vision and reminded and so Jacob saw a vision and he was reminded by God of the promise that was made to his fathers. Look at Genesis 28 verse 12. Genesis 28 verse 12. Jacob saw a vision. So that you skip, do not, I mean, you notice that there was, there's a statement in the scripture and we still say it still today. The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. I mean, if you, I mean, if you know that statement. One, that's what we are trying to figure out. What does that statement mean? Look at Genesis 28 verse 12. It says, And he dreamed, and behold, the ladder set forth, set up on the heaven, set up on the earth, and the thought reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God are set and descending, and said, Behold, the Lord God stood above it. It says, I am the God, I am the Lord God of your father, of Abraham thy father, and, that, and the God of Isaac. And the land where thou lies, I will give thee to thee and to thy seed. Look at what it now says in verse 14. It now says, And thy seed shall be as dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread and bow, 
and that shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south and, and indeed in thy seed shall all the family of the earth be blessed. In verse 15, now says, And behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places, whither thou goest, and I will bring thee again to the land, and I will not leave thee, until I have done which that I have spoken, spoken to thee of. Now, in explaining it, now, you see what, what God did with this guy, with Isaac. He told him, or with Jacob, sorry. Yes, he told him, I am the God of your father, Abraham. I am the God of your father, Isaac. Are you getting what I'm saying? That is, and do you notice that there was a repetition of what he has been saying to the same Isaac? Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? He now told him that, I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. Now, what has he spoken of? Don't forget, when we are explaining the promise, under the Old Testament, it is expedient for us to understand for us to even understand promise, we have to understand the word covenant. Because a lot of people are still saying covenant even in 2022. The covenant that I have with God. What covenant do you have with God? Who kept covenant with you? Me, me and my God, we made a covenant. You are who made covenant. You think it's that one you shook blood, you say lick it and let's make covenant. <laughs> no, who did that sort of covenant this? Now, it's, it's been for us to understand covenant. Now, the very first word, because, because for us to understand promise, we must understand covenant. Are you getting what I'm saying? We're still coming back to the promise. But let's first look at covenant. The very first time the word covenant was referenced in the Bible was God's covenant with Noah. Not this our own Noah. Not Noah. Noah. <laughs> Genesis 6, verse 18. Genesis 6 verse 18. Look at it. Genesis 6 verse 18. The first time the word covenant was used in the Bible. It says, But with thee I will establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, and thy sons and thy wife, and thy son's wife. It says, I will establish my words. I will establish my words. This is God doing it all. Not a man doing covenant with God. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? It's God that is saying he will establish his whole covenant. Look at Genesis 9 verse 9. Not you saying you want to go and make covenant. Genesis 9 verse 9. It says, I'm behold, and I behold, I establish my words. I establish my words. Covenant with you and with your words, with the seed after you. Now, look at something now. So this is Genesis, right? Guys, right? Let's do a practicality of something. Are we in one accord? Yes, Alright, let's do a practicality of something. We have already seen covenant now in Genesis and how it was used. How God says he's the one that will do his covenant with people. And don't forget, we were talking about promise before. And we said for us to understand what promise means, we have to first see the word covenant, right? Yes, if you understand to this, but let me see your hands. Good. So now let's look at Exodus, where that word covenant was now used. Exodus 2:24. So, if you have not read Genesis now, you will not understand. Are you seeing it now? Look at Genesis, Exodus 2.24. Exodus 2.24. Look at other references that uh, Covenant was in. He says, are you there? He says, and God heard their groanings. And God remembered his what? Covenant with Abraham. Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. 
He says he remembered his covenant. And who made the covenant? God. Now, don't forget, we already seen who said he will multiply their seed. God. So, it's God that makes covenant. It's God that multiplies seed. Are you seeing it? It's God that keeps promise. You cannot, you can, how many of your promises that you made? But I'll give you, I'll give you the story of my own father. My father will tell, if my father tell you something, I say, he will do something for you. He tell you, and you're not going to remind him, he, ah, I forgot. He will not tell you, ah, only God keeps his promise. Me, I'm just a man. <laughs> that's what my mother would tell you. He said, ah, it's only God. And that's how he used to, used to bobo us and he would not give us what he was saying. He would give us again. Just it's only God that keeps his promise. Me, I don't know how to keep promise. Look at Leviticus 26, verse 42. Interesting study, right? Yes, sir. Right, guys? Yes, sir. Or it's not? It is. People, it's easy. What is like, shall finish. Let me go, my God, and rest. <laughs> Let me go, my God, and listen to putting the word on my lips. <laughs> no, you still have to put this word on your lips. Yeah. Are you out? Exodus, Leviticus, sorry. 26 by 42, are you there? I'll wait for you. It says, And I will remember my word. Covenant with Jacob and with the covenant with Isaac and also my covenant with Abraham and I will remember and I will remember the land. So guys, if you have not read Genesis, do you know that? You will just be thinking in this place, what covenant did he make with Jacob? What covenant did he take with Abraham? I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. You don't be wondering what is that. Then also, we are also still looking at historical interpretation. We are still coming. Look at Numbers 25. Numbers 25 verse 12. Numbers 25. He said, Wherefore say, Behold, I give unto him my word, covenant of peace. Look at Deuteronomy 4, verse 23. Deuteronomy 4, 23. Deuteronomy 4.23 He says, Take heed unto yourself, lest ye forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you. He says, Take heed unto yourself, lest ye forget the covenant of the Lord. So now, the word covenant was translated. Now, let's see the word covenant. The word covenant was translated from the Hebrew word berit. B-R-I-T-H. That's why I think I need a marker and all of those things. So that we all board so that we can write all of those things down. That's what we will not do. Alright. But for next seminar, we should have that. B R I Y T H. Or it is we can either it is either B R I T H or B R mm, not B R, sorry. B E R B E R I T H or B E R Y-T-H, Berith in the Hebrew. And, it's, and it implies an agreement between. An agreement between. More precisely, it refers to what God will fulfill in and through a man. What God will fulfill in and through a man. That's what covenant. 
Now, why did I have to go into the Hebrew? Because if you look at covenant in our today's world, things have changed. I don't know if I get what I'm saying. You boyfriend and girlfriend now making covenant with one another. I say, shook blood in your hand. You shook another one. Tell me you will not leave me. We've made a covenant together. You will never leave me. So Nollywood movies will now do movies of how their lives scattered. When, when, because they are adults and because they didn't marry the person that they made a covenant with or something like that. Or, uh, or if they were even married before, if they, if they, both of them have married each other, if they both of them have married separate persons and they now jam each other, they don't say, you know we can still be having extramarital affairs because we made a covenant with one another. <laughs> I don't know what we like that. I can recommend both for you because I love the dude. But don't worry, I'm not I don't this is not this is not this is not influencer, I'm not an influencer, I'm I'm a preacher. <laughs> so covenant so there's a lot of covenant things. So now we have to go why did we explain it in the Hebrew? We have to take a look at how the Hebrew explains it so that you will understand. That's what historical text does. So that you will understand what he meant when Moses was writing it. So in their own world now, covenant meant what God would do or will fulfill in and through a man. But you know in our own world, it means you have to fulfill your own promise. Me, I have to fulfill my own promise. We will never leave each other. But in their own world, when they are reading covenant, they are reading covenant as, ah, it is God that wants to fulfill this one. Just like my father used to say, only God fulfills his promise. Me as a man, I cannot fulfill my own. I believe, I believe he's right. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? So, so that's the word covenant. It implies an agreement between, and more precisely, it refers to what God will fulfill in and through a man. So it is God that is going to do something in and through a man. That's a covenant. So, look at in Genesis 6, verse 18. Look at Genesis 6, 18. Genesis 6, 18. It says that, But with thee I will establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the earth, and thou and thy sons and thy wife, and thy son's wife with thee. In Genesis 15, verse 18. Genesis 15, 18. He says, In the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land, from the river of Egypt unto the great river Euphrates. He says, The, Lord, the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham. And you say, It's the Lord that is doing this. Are you seeing it, guys? So now, so covenant between men. Now, now let's so we so we see that covenant is between God and man, right? Now let's see how two men made, made covenant. Now look at Genesis twenty one because that is how to be wholesome in the scripture. You have to be wholesome. We've seen how God did His own. Now let's see how two men, like Nollywood movies, did their own. Genesis twenty one verse twenty seven. Genesis twenty one verse twenty seven. That's how to be wholesome with the scriptures. Genesis 21 verse 27. And Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them unto Abimelech. And both of them did what? Made a covenant. Made a covenant. 
So they say, ah, they had an agreement to guy. <laughs> this sheep that and this oxen that I'm giving you, you must give me my coat. <laughs> you must give me my coat. So they, they made an agreement. Look at Genesis 26, verse 28. They made another another agreement was there. That's how to be wholesome with the scripture. Are you getting me? We will see how God did his own. So God started it. Men now started copying what God did. Are you getting what I'm saying? Alright. Look at Genesis 26, verse 28. But who first started it? God did it with Noah. Are you? Look at Genesis 26, verse 28. It says, And they said, We certainly said that the Lord was with thee. And we said, Let there be now an oath between us, even between us and with thee. And let us what? Make a covenant with thee. So, this was an account of the covenant between Isaac and Abimelech. In Genesis 31, verse 44, Genesis 31, verse 44, is it making sense, guys? Yes, sir. He says, Now, therefore, come down, let us make a covenant, I and thou, and it will be a witness between me and thee. Now, this was an account of Jacob and Laban where they made a covenant. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, look at in Genesis. So, the, so, so that's said now. So, in the book of Genesis, the promise was significantly seen in God's providence. So, we've seen where God did it. So, when he says, remember the promise I made to thy father's Abraham, we saw it where he said it, right? We saw what God said, right? So, that is in blessing... Let's look at it again. So if, if you are reading, remember the promise I made to thy father. What will be on your mind? Genesis 12. Go to Genesis 12, verse 3 again. So if you read in the Old Testament or in the New Testament, say, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it will mean the God of what? The God of promise. The God of covenant, right? Meaning I will fulfill it again, right? Yes. Right, guys? So when a preacher is praying and saying, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is saying the God of the promise, meaning he will fulfill certain things again, even in our today's world. Look at Genesis 12, verse 3, where God spoke to Abraham and he told him this will come to pass. Look at it, he says, And I will bless thee and bless thee, and I will bless them and bless thee, cause them that cursed thee, and in thee shall the families of the earth be blessed. In Genesis 28, verse 18, you see the same thing. Genesis 26, verse 4, you see the same thing. So it means that when you keep reading in the scriptures now, that he keeps his promise. He is not a God that will lie. Are you getting what I'm saying? What will your mind be going back to? The yes. promise. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you, when you start reading places of, um, um, look at the promise that I made unto the fathers Jacob, which I swore unto him, this and that and that. What's that same promise? Are you getting me? So when you see the covenant now, or that God made the covenant. Are you seeing what is happening? That's the covenant that God is going to keep. So, if you so that was why in Genesis 22, look at what happened in Genesis 22. So look at look at that story of um of um, um Abraham where he wanted to go and kill um kill Isaac. Look at what he said. Don't forget, uh, I want to show you, go to, look at verse um, 6. Let's start from verse 6, Genesis 22, verse 6. 
That's so that's in a better that song is it. You provide the fire, you provide the sacrifice. Feel me up. Feel me up. Something like that. And Abraham took the wood of the bones of me and laid it on this and Isaac his son. And he took the fire and the sand and the knife and they went together out of the And Isaac spoke to his father and said, Father, yeah, I am my son. And he said, ah, Behold, the fire, <laughs> the wood. But where is the lamb for the bottom? <laughs> you know? You know, if it was me in that place, I would not follow him. <laughs> there is. What are you going to use to burn that Am I the scapegoat? <laughs> but he answered the same question. Look at the answer that. We keep missing these details. Look at the answer that Abraham said. That's to let you know that Abraham was not ready to sacrifice Isaac. A lot of people think that Abraham was testing God. No. Abraham knew it. Look at what he said in verse 8. He says that Abraham said, My son, God will do what? Let's read it loud. God will provide himself a lamb. He said he will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. So they went together. He says he will provide himself. So it means that God's providence has always been seen because he already, God already told Abraham and said, See, I'm going to do this. Look at what now happened in verse 13. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, and behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his own. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a bond of him instead of his son. And Abraham called the place Jehovah Jireh, as it is said to this day, and is seen in the mount which has been, which has been seen, the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Meaning, God has always been providing Himself. So you don't see something now. When you read in the New Testament, how God came down as a man to offer sacrifices for the sins of man. And you see that if you have read Genesis, you would have seen that God has always been the one trying to provide, doing this, doing the work of um, salvation. How many of you have seen it now? Guys, how many of you have seen who, which, who provided the lamb that Abraham used? God. God. So that means that if you have read Genesis 22, it will not be difficult for you to understand that. God was going to come down as a man to die for the sins of man. Because he already said, Abraham said, he will provide himself a lamb. That's why the, the, the writer of Isaiah now said, he's going to be a lamb ready to be slaughtered, a sheep ready to be slaughtered. Are you seeing it? Are you seeing the narrative? Yes, so you have to have ready from where? From Genesis. So when you see Jesus coming down as a man, to die for the sins of the world, what is happening? He is providing himself as the lamb. Are you seeing that the Bible is so easy? Are you seeing it? Yes, you sir. just have to like, read it. You just have to read. So that promise made with God's people was aforementioned in the time that was fulfilled that the promise of the Savior. And that was a provision. Abraham was predicting the nation. So it means that how we are able to decipher the meaning of words embedded within the text will matter. So the primary mode 
will be to a devil that will read text within the context of their usage and to ascertain what the author or the writer's intent is. Are you getting what I'm saying now? Are you getting it, guys? So, you have to understand it. You have to understand it. So now, if you want to read promise, if you want to read covenant now, so when you start seeing the covenant that I made with the fathers, Jacob, this and that and that, is dating back to what God has said. When he now says, when you are now reading the Old Testament and says, God will fulfill his promise. When he says, when he says it is finished, and all of those things, you are seeing that the promise has been fulfilled. The promise that he has made since Genesis, how that he would bless their seed and all of those things is still the same thing. It's still the same thing. It's just you say your words that changed. Are you getting what I'm saying? You know, just like how, imagine, it's just like, let's use the word, let's use Yahweh for instance. Imagine you are reading, a, you are reading, you are reading an, um, a Yahoo mail in 2003. I think Apple came in 2004, right? Let's say you are reading a Yahoo mail in 2003 and you saw sent from my iPhone. Ah. You'll be wondering from where is this from the future? Are you getting what I'm saying? So it means that it was not. So if people were talking in 2002, teaching the Bible in 2002, there was no narrative of Apple and Samsung. The family would be Samsung, but there was no narrative of an Apple product or an iPhone. But today now, we can safely say, you know, if you are using the iPhone now, you can go through this. And that has already come into our mode of communication. Just like our electric cars now has entered our mode of communication. Now, it is reported that in the next couple of years, what they will be driving, what will be seen on the streets will be electric cars. Manuals will go into extinction. Or automatic cars will go into it. Just like how manuals has gone. Automatic came. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, electric cars now is the new order of the day. It's projected that in the next 15 to 20, 25 years, all that will be seen on the streets will be electric cars. So now, our narrative will change now in that time. We will now be talking... That will mean that our vocabulary, just like the word fufu, that's the one I always use. I remember when I was in high school, the word fufu was not in the dictionary. It was not. It was, I think, towards when we were living, when there was something that Wolesho Ika said or did that he made it so acclaimed, and that found his way into the dictionary, such that now we will make Pandediam now as Africans and everybody. A white we see it, and I'm not I'm not trying to change to a white, I'm just saying the white culture now will see a pandajam now and call it fufu. They will see a banana and call it fufu. They will see semona and call it fufu. Everything that just has muscle is fufu. But you know that that is affecting our tradition. Because everything is not fufu to us. We have a food called fufu on its own. Are you guys what I'm saying? I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. Now, but if we are to now explain now, if I'm to teach now and I'm talking to a, a diaspora audience, a mixed audience that don't understand the African culture and audience that understand the African culture, 
And I say fufu now, it's a relative language that you understand. Are you getting what I'm saying? Even though I don't mean fufu and I mean pounded yam, but the fact that I said fufu now will mean that they will have to understand it. But if a serious student wants to inquire, a serious student will mean what exactly in that fufu are you saying? That is language. That is how to study. A serious student will say, uh, I know a bit of the African culture, or let me study the African culture. What, so what we just did now, we went back to the Hebrew to see the word covenant, and we saw that the word covenant now is what God does with man. What God will fulfill in and through man. So, I will now saw how men now borrow that word and now say, you, you will fulfill my own promise, so you will give me your own cut, you will give me your own cut, are you getting what I'm saying? And that has now become the order of the day. But the very first person to do it was that God wanted to do something with man. So that a serious Bible student will look at the two slants and see where the Bible culture is coming from. So you will not read the covenant that Lollywood did. Are you getting what I'm saying? You will see the context and say, okay, this one is Lollywood. This one is what God is saying. Are you seeing it? That is how to study. That is Bible hermeneutics. So the promise, the covenant has not changed. So what was, why did God come down and say, man, Moses, um, Abraham already told us. He said, God will provide himself a lamb. So, if you have read through the entire Bible, seeing Jesus come in Matthew should not shock you. Because you have seen a precedence in Genesis where he was supposed to offer his own son, but he did not. God came down to do it himself. Are you seeing it now? That is it. So now, before we probably take another break, and I think we'll just do three sessions today. One of the things I want to explain is that statement of Jacob, I love you, so I hate. What it means. Love you. Are you ready for that explanation? But before we get there, we have we have quite some work to do. Amen. So do you want to let's 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 take a let's take a break. Let's take a five minutes break and we'll be back. Amen. <laughs>